The Jets kick off their preseason tonight against the Cleveland Browns, and a couple of recent first-round picks are worth keeping your eye on. We'll talk about it today on Locked On Jets. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome. This is the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Thursday, August 3rd, 2023, and I'm your host, John B. from gangreennation.com. Thanking you so much for making the show your first listen or first watch every day. Subscribe to the show for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so that you'll get new episodes as soon as they're posted. If you're listening on the podcast source and enjoy the show, give it a five-star review. And if you're watching on YouTube, give this episode a big thumbs up. It helps us out and helps other Jets fans find the show. Well, they just kick off the preseason tonight against the Cleveland Browns in Canton, Ohio. Kickoff time scheduled for 8 p.m. Eastern time on NBC. You can also stream the game if you subscribe to Peacock or NFL+. Plus. First preseason game of the NFL's uh, season. Uh, that's because it's the Hall of Fame game, so around Hall of Fame weekend. This weekend, Darrell Rivas and Joe Klecko will be inducted into the Hall of Fame. The NFL schedules its first exhibition game around those ceremonies, and usually they include teams with players who are being inducted, like the Jets this year with Darrell Rivas and Joe Klecko. So an opportunity to watch the Jets for the first time this season. Aaron Rodgers will not play, but there are some important players to watch, players to monitor who, uh, whose progress you can monitor. We've t- The other day we talked about some guys I have my eye on on the offensive side of the ball. Today we're going to talk about defensive players who are worth keeping an eye on tonight. And I think there are a couple of recent first-round pick defense events who are really interesting. And I'm going to start with, Will McDonald, who, of course, was the Jets' first-round pick this year, 15th overall out of Iowa State. If you go back to draft night, it was a surprise that the Jets got McDonald. I don't think many people were looking at defensive end for the Jets just because the defensive line is a spot of strength for the Jets. But in the NFL, there are a couple of things I believe in. One is that you can never have too many pass rushers. The second thing that I believe in is that you should constantly be looking to regenerate your strengths because – there's a lot of turnover in the NFL. In fact, it's outside of like your core players, outside of like your st- your star players, most of your roster gets turned over in two to three years. So what's a strength today may not be a strength tomorrow. And I think you also have to look to the future when you're talking about the draft. A lot of, dra- a lot of players, especially in this year's draft class, because this was not considered a particularly strong draft class, a lot of players are not ready to contribute a, a, in a big way year one. I think the Jets want Will McDonald to do something for them. I, I don't think they want to, you know, I, I don't think they want it to be a total wipeout year for him, but I, I don't think the Jets are looking for Will McDonald to hold a starting role this year. And for me, that's the kind of thing that makes preseason a little bit more significant because while I think he'll be in the defensive line rotation this year, these preseason, preseason games will be, probably his best chance to get a lot of snaps unless the Jets have a bunch of injuries on the defensive line and he's kind of pressed into action during the regular season. And we don't want that. We want Will McDonald to be able to come along at his own pace. So in these games, what you get are low pressure snaps, but you get the opportunity to get real game reps, you know, training camp these days, I know there are padded practices, but they just don't match the intensity of real games. Now, decades ago, I think training camp practices actually did, come close to simulating a game environment uh you know the guys guys hit a lot in fact this has been one of the criticisms uh, a lot of players from the past have had have right now is that the practices teams have don't really prepare you for games anymore 
And that goes back to you know the rules the players have negotiated with the owners. We don't need to go there right now, but it makes for me it makes training camp more. Uh, for me, it makes the preseason more significant because it's really the one opportunity you have to get quality reps out there. So, what can we expect from Will McDonald? Well, I think he's going to go up against probably second and third teamers. So, the way I view this, I'd like to see Will McDonald look really good tonight in part because the guys he's playing against, you know, while Will McDonald needs some seasoning, while I think there are a lot of aspects of his game that require refinement, he's going up against, he's not going up against starters. I think Will McDonald this year, you know, he'll probably play situationally. He'll probably play on passing downs. He's going to have a tough time probably year, unless he's a really, really quick learner. He'll probably have a bit of a tough time year one. Now I think there will be moments where his natural abilities just take over that length he's got the explosion he's got. I think there will be points this year where he, you know, the talent just over overwhelms everything else, but to succeed on a consistent basis in the NFL against starting caliber players, you have to be a refined player. And that's why, you know, that's why McDonald's going to be in kind of a situational role this year. The Jets aren't going to ask a whole lot out of him against second and third teamers against guys who are, you know, fringe roster players, maybe practice squatters though. I would like to see the talent take over because I think Will McDonald has a lot of talent and I'm not sure these statistics at Iowa state necessarily tell you how much talent McDonald has because the role they had in play was kind of a hold the point of attack type of thing. It was kind of draw double teams. It wasn't necessarily a playmaking system for a player like Will McDonald, whereas with the jets, the defensive line's job is to get up the field and make plays. So I'm hoping to see Will McDonald look the part tonight we're going to take a look at what pass rushing moves he's got now tougher to see because they don't really give you the all 22 film for the preseason game so you can't get a complete look but it'd be interesting to see whether he's developed any pass rushing moves a guy when i watched him at iowa state i was actually pleasantly surprised by the way he uses his hands that's not always consistent but you see the natural ability there you see you know a swim move you see you even see like the makings of a decent spin move of course, Dwight Freeney of the Colts, the great Colts uh, defensive end, was probably the most famous artist using the spin move for pass rushers. I don't think he's quite – from what I saw at Iowa State, I don't think the spin move is quite there yet. I think he has trouble timing it. But the fact he was even using it to begin with in college, you know, you know, I don't see a lot of college players using a spin move. And if you're not familiar with a spin move, I mean, it's pretty simple. You're just kind of spinning to evade the, uh, the blocker. And the fact he's even like – in fact, he even like kind of took that out of the bag in college and kind of displayed it. It means he's probably ahead of the curve as far as prospects go. You know, guys who are drafted immediately, they usually aren't even usually don't even have it. In fact, it's not a move that's super common among NFL edge rushers, but it can be lethal as Dwight Freeney. And I'm not saying Will McDonald's gonna be Dwight Freeney, especially with that spin move, but I think it's an exciting thing that there, you already see the makings with Will McDonald of a couple different moves. Now they're not all the way developed yet, but I'm interested to see what the Jets coaching staff has been able to do with him, you know, in the brief time they've had him in the off season and then in training camp, how far along have they gotten him? And I'm not expecting Will McDonald to be a 10 sack guy this year. Look, I'd be thrilled if he was, but I don't think those are the expectations. I think the expectations are more, maybe a three to five sack guy. And then maybe next year he takes on a starting role and the expectations grow a little bit. And then maybe next year we're hoping for eight sacks or so. I think that those are, I think those are reasonable goals for Will McDonald this year and this will be our first chance it's always exciting to see the the rookie first round pick in his first nfl action even if it's exhibition season and going up again 
when you, when these rookies first come in, usually teams have what's known as the rookie mini camp, and most teams put their players on the field. And you always hear about how the first round picks dominating, and of course the first round picks dominating. He's usually the only first round pick on the field. The guys he's going up against are rookies who were undrafted or later picks. And that's kind of the situation McDonald will find himself in in this one. He, he won't be going up entirely against Brown's rookies, but he will be going up against guys who are a little bit lower on the depth chart. So I'd like to see him play well. If he doesn't play well, it's not like it's the end of the world. And look, if he goes out and dominates, if he has three sacks, it's not like a guarantee he's going to be a great player. I think it's always important to keep these exhibition games in perspective. I think it's very easy to lose perspective when we're talking about the meaning of these exhibition games. It's one game. It's you know you would never go crazy about one regular season game, but for whatever reason, people go overboard with these exhibition games when somebody looks really good or really bad. It's worth keeping in perspective, but it's a first look, chance to look at Will McDonald and see what he might be able to bring to the table this year for the Jets. Now, head on the Lockdown Jets podcast. We'll continue this Thursday edition. We'll continue talking about defense, and we'll talk about another recent first-round pick on the defensive line. It's Jermaine Johnson, who's reportedly having a very strong camp. Can he continue it? We'll discuss continuing this Thursday edition of the Locked On Jets podcast. Today's episode of Locked On Jets is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business, and you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. The Jets, they have it a little bit easier. They have a full scouting team. They have free agency. They can draft players. I don't know if they need to use LinkedIn Jobs. I mean, maybe it would help them find better players. Well, no matter what, I don't think you're, you have the resources that the Jets have. So you should think about creating a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs. Then add your job and your purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. This is why small businesses businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. Again, that's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen or first watch every day. Big shout out to you every day. This is a daily podcast. We have new episodes each day, Monday through Friday through the week. And then we have a few bonus episodes as needed, if news, big news breaks. Jermaine Johnson, let's talk about him. The fourth guy of last year's draft class. Now, I know he was technically the third pick, but there were four players the Jets drafted in the top 40 in 2022. One was Sauce Gardner, who is already, I would say he's a top three corner in the NFL. First team all pro as a rookie. I mean, off to a phenomenal start. Darrell Rivas is going into the Hall of Fame this weekend. I don't know if Sauce Gardner is going to be as good as Darrell Rivas. That, those are big shoes to fill. But what I will say is that Sauce Gardner's rookie season was better than Darrell Rivas's rookie season. So when you're starting your career off better than a Hall of Famer, you're in a pretty good place. And that's maybe the understatement of the week here on Locked On Jets. The second guy the Jets picked was Garrett Wilson. 1,100 yards, rookie of the year. I mean, when you start with an 1,100-yard floor, as a, and I know you like you – he could have a season that's less good at some point in his career. But when you're starting with 1,100 yards and winning the rookie of the year, you're already number one receiver. And he could get better. I mean, look, he's already a legitimate number one receiver. He could become one of the best receivers in the NFL if he grows to a moderate degree. After Jermaine Johnson was Brees Hall, who averaged almost six yards per carry about half the season and was 
probably going to be the rookie. I, I'm going to say this. I think Brees Hall would have been the rookie of the year if he had not gotten injured. So the Jets pretty much had the two best rookies on offense last year, in my view. They had the best rookie on defense. There was a fourth player the Jets drafted in the top 40, and it was Jermaine Johnson. And Jermaine Johnson, I think, kind of flies under the radar because the other three guys were such outliers. I mean, you don't expect rookies to be as great as those three guys were. You expect a rookie season probably more aligned with what Jermaine Johnson did, where he was in the rotation. Kind of where we're kind of where Will McDonald is this year. That's where Jermaine Johnson was last year, where they're kind of just trying to ease him in. It's a deep position group, and they're just kind of hoping to develop him for the future. And there were some really good moments for Jermaine Johnson. You know, he came out of Florida State and he played at Georgia before then, and he had a reputation for being a strong run defender. You know, he posted a couple sacks last season. One was very memorable against uh, Josh Allen, where he kind of tracked Josh Allen down in the open field. And there aren't a lot of people who can take down Josh Allen one-on-one in the open field, especially on the defensive line where your guys tend to be bigger, a little bit slower. I felt like, you know, Jermaine Johnson may not have had the spectacular rookie season that Sauce had or Garrett had or Brees had, but it felt to me like every time he played, there was at least like one or two plays where you noticed him and he was doing something really good. So I, I always say that there's like this scale, like good for a rookie versus good in general. I thought last year Jermaine was good for a rookie. Sauce Garrett, Brees, they were great for anybody. Not good for anybody, great for anybody. And I feel like maybe the comparisons are a little bit unfair for Jermaine because I felt like his rookie season was fine. I don't think there was anything wrong with what he did as a rookie. He kind of met what my expectations were. It's just when you have three teammates who are that great, it's tough. to you, know, you don't look as good. But I think Jermaine was on a decent track as a rookie. But now year two, he's got to step it up because, there's a, again, there's a difference between good for a rookie and good in general. And the Jets gave up a lot to get Jermaine. They gave up a second round pick and a third round pick last year. Like there were some really good players that they passed on to get Jermaine. So he's got to step in and he's got to play well this year. And I think that, you know, it's the Jets rotate guys in and out, but I think he's going to have to take on a bigger role this year. And, he, you know, Carl Lawson and John Franklin Myers, that they're the two starting defensive ends, but the number three defensive end on this team is going to get a lot of snaps. And, Beyond that, if there's an injury, Jermaine steps right into that role. And I think, as far as I can tell, the Jets' defense, they kind of have, like, two different types of defensive end. You have Lawson, who's more of the speed-rushing type of defensive end. And then on the other side, Franklin Myers is bigger. You know, he's in that 290, 300-pound range. He's more of a power end where he's just, just – you want him to collapse the pocket. You want him to play run defense. And I feel like Jermaine can kind of fit either role, even though he's not as big as Franklin Myers, because I feel like he's got that pass-rushing ability. But he also – has a reputation at least from college from playing the run really well he's been reportedly been one of the standouts at training camp so far you know there's a lot of talk about how well he's playing now context here and i think it's important to say this and i hope this doesn't come off as you know overly negative about the offensive line but the jets do have tackle issues on the offensive line that's i mean that's just a fact right now so you do wonder a little bit, you know, is Jermaine is how good, how much of it is Jermaine playing well? How much of it is the tackles? Well, Jermaine's probably going up against a lot of backup tackles tonight if he does play. And of course, the caveat is the Jets could hold any of these guys out of the game. So this could, you know, if Robert Sala really wanted to mess with me, he could render this all moot by holding these guys I'm talking about out of the game. But I would expect, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see Jermaine play tonight. And I would expect him to continue to do well because going up, what they said about McDonald. Going up against, you know, backup caliber tackles, going up against guys who, you know, probably like fringe roster players, maybe guys who you know, are heading for a practice squad. This is an opportunity for Jermaine to showcase his ability. And 
going back to what I said about McDonald, I think how you get there is as, as important as the actual results. Again, what pass rushing moves are you flashing? Are you showing an ability? Are you showing things that are sustainable? Because if you're just beating a guy because you're more athletic than him, I mean, I don't know that that's necessarily going to be the thing you can carry into the regular season. But if you're looking sound technically, if you're winning because you have good pass rushing moves, because you have good counters. And when guys come into the NFL, they don't have real, they don't really, most of them don't really have what are known as counters. What's that mean? It means if your first move is stopped, do you have a second move that can counter what the offensive lineman is doing? So how much has Jermaine developed these things? And of course you want him to be able to hold the point of attack. You want him to be able to set the edge in the run game. As great, I like Carl Lawson a lot, and I don't mean to be critical of Carl Lawson, but I, I don't think anybody's going to tell you Carl Lawson's a great run defender. If you have Jermaine on the end of the line in place of Lawson, then those situations where uh, Lawson is subbed out of the game, you're probably strengthening your run defense because I think Jermaine Johnson's going to be a stronger run defender than Carl Lawson is. So, will he display that in this game? I, I, for me, this is a big year for Jermaine Johnson. You know, the Jets drafted him, he was on the older side as far as prospects go, and I think. Sometimes this stuff gets overanalyzed. Sometimes they say, oh, you can't draft a you know, 24-year-old, 25-year-old. You can. And look, the Jets have done it before. Sione Puha, if you go back to 2005, was an older draft pick. Really good player. Excellent pick. Marcus May was on the older side when the Jets drafted him in 2017. Really good player. But I will say that when you draft somebody on the older side, they have less time to make it happen. I mean, because you're already close to your physical prime. So if it doesn't happen for you by, you know, 25 26 it's probably not going to happen that's just the way the nfl is there are always outliers but i think jermaine because he was on the older side when the jets drafted him he has less of a runway than some other guys than some younger guys might have so i think for i think this is the type of year where we're probably going to find out very quickly what jermaine johnson is and is it a, a situational guy is it somebody who can take on more of a starter role is it somebody who's maybe a plus starter and that's what the hope is for what the jets gave up and while again i don't want to read too much into one game this is our first opportunity to take a look at Jermaine. Now, head here on the Lockdown Jets podcast. We'll continue this Thursday edition. We're going to turn our attention to the defensive backfield. There's a player who's been really turning heads at training camp, and tonight will be our first chance to watch him. Can Tony Adams steal a starting role at safety? We'll discuss continuing this Thursday edition of the Lockdown Jets podcast. This is the Lockdown Jets podcast here on this Thursday. It's the day of the first preseason game of the season for the Jets. In fact, not just the Jets' first preseason game, it's the first preseason game on the NFL schedule this year. Jets will be playing the Cleveland Browns. It's the Hall of Fame game in Canton, Ohio. Now, something interesting has been happening at the safety position so far this year for the New York Jets. And it'll be interesting to see whether it continues because there's been a guy who's been turning heads at training camp this year, and it's Tony Adams. And the safety spot's like one of those question mark positions for the Jets. I'm not sure it's necessarily a, a huge glaring weakness. And if you've been watching the Jets for, you know, three decades like I have, you know that safety's just always been a problem spot for this team. With a few exceptions. I mean, there was the couple of years with Kerry Rhodes, you know, in the mid to late 2000s. Then there was the Jamal Adams, Marcus May duo in the late 2010s. But for the most part, safety has been a, a disaster for the Jets the last couple decades. And there are question marks there this year. I mean, you have a couple of guys with a track record. You have uh, Jordan Whitehead, who's very up and down. You know, he makes good plays a lot. He makes bad plays a lot. Then you have Adrian Amos, who is on the wrong side of 30 years old. And he's been a really solid player through his career. He had a down year last year. So the question is, can this be a bounce back season for Adrian Amos? 
or was last year kind of the tipping point in his career where now he's in decline? It's interesting. It's tough to say. Let's talk, though, about Tony Adams because Jets' defense, I think, is great on the outside. You've got Sauce Gardner. You've got DJ Reed at corner. You've got a very deep and good defensive end group led by Carl Lawson, John Franklin Myers, a couple of young, promising players we just talked about in Will McDonald and Jermaine Johnson. Up the middle, the Jets are not as strong. Now, the best player on the team is Quinton Williams, who plays defensive tackle. So he's the one exception here. But Jets lost Sheldon Rankins in free agency. C.J. Mosley, Quincy Williams at linebacker, you know, they're okay. They're not great. And then safety, you know, we don't really know what we got. So the Jets, if you're going to attack the Jets, you're going to attack the Jets up the middle. And that's where perhaps Tony Adams can step in. That's perhaps where there's an opening. Because the Jets don't really have established. You have Adrian Amos, who is established, but... It's not established that he's going to be great this year. And Jordan Whitehead is what he is. He's a decent player. He's not a bad player. And safety is not a catastrophe position for the Jets right now. But it's a position where you know, you're not so good that you'll just ignore it if somebody really steps up. So Tony Adams reportedly making plays all over training camp. Guy who's playing a really solid football for this team. What can he do? And can he make plays? And Robert Salas said the starters aren't playing tonight. So it'll be just as interesting. If Tony Adams doesn't play, it's kind of a sign that maybe he's a maybe he has stepped into a starting role, and you know, the, I always try and annoy the tra- uh, avoid the training camp buzz because sometimes it leads you astray. You know, sometimes a guy's having a couple good practices and it just does not translate. So one of the things I look at is how many people are saying the same thing out of training camp, and it seems like pretty unan- it's pretty unanimous that Tony Adams is playing really well in camp this year. So there's an opportunity. It's not like again, it's not like. Amos or Whitehead are so locked into starting roles that they're going to, you know, they're locks to play no matter what. And the other thing I'll say is Amos was signed to replace Chuck Clark, who suffered a serious injury, unfortunately. And there was a lot of buzz that maybe Clark was going to be the third safety on the team. Maybe the Jets are interested in throwing some three safety looks out there this year. So worth watching because NFL defenses are getting faster, you know, with the, with the shift consistently towards more and more, more and more passing, you want to be faster. You want to be more athletic and safeties are typically more athletic than linebackers. So if you replace a linebacker with a safety, you're making your defense more athletic and you're making typically making your defense more able to defend the pass because safeties are generally better in pass defense than linebackers. So, you know, could Tony Adams unlock maybe that for the jets because you do have two guys in, in Amos and Whitehead who are at least solid players, if not spectacular. A lot worth watching tonight with Tony Adams. It'll be interesting to see how he does. But that's all for today's episode. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day is our motto. As always, if you enjoy the show, hit the subscribe button where you're watching or listening so that you'll never miss an episode. If you enjoy the show and are listening on a podcast source, please give it a five-star review. And if you're watching on YouTube, give this episode a big thumbs up. Helps us out. Helps other Jets fans find the show. Have a great Thursday, everybody. Enjoy the game. We'll be back here tomorrow to talk about it.